Welcome to the Celebration Church podcast, and thanks so much for tuning in. Celebration Church is one church in 10 locations across Southeast Louisiana. We are all about changing lives, homes, our city, and the world through Jesus Christ. We hope that you're both encouraged and challenged by today's message. All right, welcome to Celebration Church online. And today we're actually returning to a message series that got interrupted in August by Hurricane Ida. It's our written in stone message series where we're examining the Ten Commandments, the core of the Old Testament law, and in many ways the foundation of much of our modern law. And you know, when we get to talking about laws, it just reminds me of a band I used to listen to as a youth and still today. I'm talking about The Clash. They were a rock band from England, and they helped pioneer punk rock uh, in the 70s. They had a lot of hits like Rock the Casbah, Should I Stay or Should I Go, London Calling. But the one that comes to my mind today is I Fought the Law. It's an incredibly simple rock song that tells the sad but predictable story of a man who turns to a life of crime only to be separated from the girl he loves. And the oft-repeated refrain goes, I fought the law and the law won. As a youngster, I did my share of pushing against the law and fighting the law. And you know what? The law won. In just about all of those cases, the law won. One, that may or may not have been your experience, but then there are other laws that you don't really want to fight as well. You can try fighting against the law of physics like gravity, but more than likely that law is going to win if you try to fight against it. You can try fighting against the laws of economics. There are economic laws. Dave Ramsey says, if your outgo exceeds your income, then your upkeep will be your downfall. What he's saying is you can try to fight economic laws, but the law is going to win. And then you can fight spiritual laws all you want, but the law is going to win. And that is indeed true of the spiritual law of rest, the spiritual law of Sabbath, which we're going to learn about today. If you have your Bible or your smartphone, I want you to turn to Exodus chapter 20. We're going to read verses 8 through 11, and we're going to see here in this fourth commandment how important it is to observe Sabbath Next is 20, verse 8 through 11. The Lord says this, Remember to observe the Sabbath day by keeping it holy. You have six days each week for your ordinary work, but the seventh day is a day of Sabbath rest dedicated to the Lord your God. On that day, no one in your household may do any work. This includes you, your sons and daughters, your male and female servants, your livestock, and any foreigners living among you for six days. Days In six days, the Lord made the heavens, the earth, the sea, and everything in them. But on the seventh day, he rested. That is why the Lord blessed the Sabbath day and set it apart as holy. Now, these days when I ask folks how they're doing, I get the same answers repeated back to me very often. People are saying they're tired. People are saying that they're busy. People are saying they lack vision and purpose. And you might say the same thing as well. Let me ask you. Why do you find yourself so busy much of the time? Why do you find yourself so tired much of the time? And why do you feel like having vision or purpose in your life is a struggle? You may think that things are too busy for you to rest, but the opposite is actually true. When you're busy, tired, and struggling with purpose, that's when it is most time to rest. Have you, have you ever noticed that life just seems to get 
busier and busier, but it never does get slower. And what does that busyness accomplish for us in life? I've met a lot of people who said life got busier and busier, but they never seemed to get dunner and dunner. They just moved on to new pressures, new crises, and new busyness. I've never met someone accomplished who became accomplished by doing everything, by staying busy. They became accomplished by focusing on doing the right things at the right time and saying no to the wrong things at the wrong time. Listen, one of those right things for your life is rest. Busyness, tiredness, purposelessness, these are not God's plans for your life. God has something better. See, busyness, tiredness, and purposelessness can keep us from God's best. And having a consistent Sabbath day, as the Lord tells us about in this commandment, helps us to rekindle our passion, and receive direction for our lives. Let me remind you of what the Lord said in this fourth commandment. He said, remember to observe the Sabbath day by keeping it holy. You have six days each week for your ordinary work, but the seventh day is a Sabbath day of rest dedicated to the Lord your God. The Lord blessed the Sabbath day and set it apart as holy. This fourth commandment is specifically for setting aside a special day for resting, for refreshing, and to re-energize and refocus to live healthier lives. Now, back in the back in the, the times when this scripture was written, in the biblical times, the Sabbath day for Jewish people actually began at sundown on Fridays and ended at sundown on Saturdays. And for modern Jewish people, it's the same. It's the same observation. However, Christians celebrate our Sabbath predominantly on Sundays. Let me tell you why. First century Christians changed their Sabbath day to Sunday because Jesus rose from the grave on a Sunday, because we are now under grace rather than Jewish law, and also because the eighth day is the day of beginning again. Now, years earlier when God gave the Israelites these Ten Commandments, he was trying to help them live healthier physically, emotionally, and spiritually lives. Now, this Sabbath day was intended to be a day of bonding with the Lord and with family, but over time, this approach to Sabbath became abused. It said that according to Jewish custom, you couldn't rescue a drowning man on the Sabbath day because that would be considered work. According to Jewish custom, you couldn't spit on the ground making clay because that would be considered work. You couldn't tie a knot with two hands, but if you could figure out how to tie a knot with one hand, that would be okay. You weren't allowed to carry an entire orange, but you could carry a half an orange. What, what happened was the law of Sabbath became domineering to people, and that was never the Lord's intent. That's why Jesus said in the New Testament, the Sabbath was made to benefit people and not people to benefit the Sabbath. What Jesus was saying is that the Lord instituted the Sabbath day for mankind's benefit. God knows that we need a day of rest. And so today we want to explore what Sabbath has to do with our Christian lives, why it is a law we don't want to break. It's a law that will always win. It's a law that is written in stone, and we want to understand the priorities attached to the law of Sabbath. And so several things I want to share. Number one, God wants us to prioritize Sabbath because he wants us to prioritize resting our mind and body. It's important to rest our mind and our body. One of my favorite movie quotes comes from Indiana Jones, uh, Raiders of the Lost Ark, uh, where he tells a, a woman, honey, it's not the years, it's the mileage. And that mileage adds up, which is why it's so incredibly important 
for us to gain rest for our mind and our body. The Lord said, remember to observe the Sabbath day by keeping it holy. You have six days each week for your ordinary work, but the seventh day is the day of Sabbath rest dedicated to the Lord your God. I want you to really focus on that word rest there in our passage. When you think about that word rest, what comes to mind? Maybe you think of sitting back in a hammock or lying on a chair at the beach. Maybe you think of sleeping all night long, but God gave us this commandment because he wants us to have regular prolonged periods of rest in our lives. In fact, Sabbath in the Hebrew language, it literally means rest. He desires for us to have rest. What's interesting is that the Lord himself rested after creating the heavens and the earth. We'll, we'll come back to that, but don't you think that if the Lord himself rested one day in that first week of creation, we ought to rest as well? Many Americans do not do that. A study found that 62% of Americans say they are burned out or are on the way to burnout. Let me ask you, are you in that 62%? Are you losing vision for your life? Are you losing confidence? Are you losing energy? Do you feel like you just need to check out? You may well be on your way to burnout. And the truth is, some people feel as though they have to do this. They have to work or stay busy or study all the time. Some people do it to advance their careers. Some folks do it because they don't know how to not be busy. But I want to encourage you. The Bible says in Ecclesiastes 10, 15, A fool's work wearies him. Why is that? Because he's approaching it like a fool. It's not about the work itself. It's about our approach to it. Your work can be your undoing if you exalt it above what's written in stone, if you exalt it above the law of Sabbath. Here's a Christian author I really like named Kerry Newhoff. You can Google him afterwards. He's got a lot of great material Uh, And he's been through burnout. He writes a lot about burnout. Uh, One of my favorite things that he's written on this, he said, the only cure for an unsustainable pace is a sustainable pace. Now, there have been times in my life where I said, okay, we're going to run 90 miles an hour, 12 weeks, 13 weeks in a row, and we're going to try to vacation our way out of the stress and the burnout that that creates. And then your whole vacation is dedicated to recovering from all your work time. Guys, that's not a sustainable approach, and you can try to manipulate the law of Sabbath. You can try to work a way around it, but you never will. The law of Sabbath always wins. It's written in stone. Listen, the only cure for an unsustainable pace is a sustainable pace And we get that through Sabbath. That's what Sabbath is all about. On our Sabbath day, we're supposed to rest our body, refocus our spirit, and recharge our emotions. Now, God wants us to prioritize resting our mind and body. He also wants us to prioritize reinforcing our relationships. Let's go back to our passage. The Lord continues, the seventh day is a day of Sabbath rest, is a Sabbath day of rest dedicated to the Lord your God. And on that day... No one in your household may do any work. This includes you, your sons and daughters, your male and female servants, your livestock, and any foreigners living among you. I want you to notice the mention of household here. And then sons and daughters, servants and foreigners. Understand that this is not a passage written about individuals to individuals. This is a passage written to the nation of Israel. And they are not participating in Sabbath as individuals, but as a community, as a family, as a network. Why? Because our relationships are important. What's really important in life are people, the Lord 
and others. Now, I am not a gardener. In fact, I've, I've killed far more plants than I have saved or salvaged or planted, but now I have plants that I like and, and I don't want to see them die. And even the toughest, hardiest plants I've learned require some upkeep. They need exposure to sunlight. They need water. They need someone to keep the weeds away from choking them off. They need protection when the temperatures drop. They require investment. And if our plants require that kind of investment, how much more do our relationships require investment? If you don't invest in your relationships like plants, one day they'll be gone and you'll have only yourself to blame. Let me give you some relationships we need to prioritize. Number one, our relationship with friends. What's What's your definition of a friend? How close are you to your friends? You know, a lot of folks have folks they check in with daily. Some folks have friends they check in with maybe every couple of months, but they can pick up right where they left off. I heard someone say, a friend is somebody who doesn't go on a diet when you're fat. That's a true friend right there. Someone else said, a a friend is someone who knows all about you and loves you just the same. That's a real friend. On a more serious note, someone said, a friend is someone who strengthens you with their prayers, someone who blesses you with their love and encourages you with their hope. Let me ask you, do you have any friends like that? Proverbs says, a friend loves at all time and a brother is born for adversity. Just let something bad or or tragic happen and all of a sudden you're going to discover who your friends really are. They're the ones who walk through you with you through that tragedy. They're the ones that you can find. They're the ones who are there. Proverbs also says there are friends who destroy each other, but a real friend sticks closer than a brother. Real friends help us become better people. Proverbs says, iron sharpens iron as a man sharpens the countenance of his friend. Benjamin Franklin said, be slow in choosing a friend and even slower in changing a friend. Listen, our relationships with our friends are priorities. That's part of what Sabbath is there for. The Lord also wants us to prioritize our relationships with our family members. Now, no family relationship is more important than the relationship between you and your spouse. I heard of a man who would frequently mistreat his wife, and and one time he told her, I can't understand why God made you so beautiful and so dumb, and she came back. She said, he made me beautiful so that you'd love me. He made me dumb so that I'd love you. That's not the sort of marriage you want. That's not the sort of interaction you want to have with your spouse. That's not God's design for marriage. In fact, our marriage is to be a source of comfort, of peace, and of joy. Ecclesiastes says, live happily with the woman you love, for the wife God gives you is your best reward down here for all your earthly toll. The Lord wants you to see your spouse as a blessing and a reward from him. Sabbath is a reward because you get to spend it with your spouse. And that Sabbath was put into the universal week to send you to your spouse so that no matter how crazy life got, no matter how busy things got, you would reconnect with your spouse. That's because it's a priority to us. Not just our spouse, our children are priorities too. The psalmist wrote, children are a gift from the Lord. They are a reward from him. Parents of teenagers, I may need to tell you that again. Children are a reward from the Lord. You may need to repeat that to yourself as a daily affirmation just to get you through those adolescent teenage years. But I want to remind you, the Lord wants us to see our children as a blessing from him 
and they are when they make good choices in their lives. Proverbs says, a wise child brings joy to a father. A foolish child (laughs) brings grief, brings grief to a mother. One thing I've seen a lot in life is the well-meaning but absent father. I lived in a community that was dominated uh, by several industries where the men did a lot of shift work, and it wouldn't be uncommon for them to work 21 days on, one day off. 21 days in a row of 12-hour shifts only have one day off. Now, they'd be the first to admit the arrangement wasn't ideal, but it put dinner on the table, and it did much more than put dinner on the table. Actually, it put put a lot more than dinner on the table. It paid for things like the mortgage and the car note and private school and annual vacations and all of this is fine and good, but the problem is that most of the dads believe that their contribution to their family extended to what they could financially provide. It extended exclusively to their paycheck and they were absent. They raised kids who hardly got to see them and when they did see them, it was at the end of a 12-hour shift when they weren't at their best. I'm, I'm not saying don't take that job, and I'm not saying don't put dinner on the table or vacations for the family. I am saying jobs like that compromise Sabbath. Sabbath is there to drive us back to our families once a week. The Lord also wants us to prioritize our relationship with Him, our relationship with our Heavenly Father. Jesus said this, love the Lord your God with all your heart, all your soul, all your mind, and all of your strength. These words remind us of how our Heavenly Father wants us to have a passionate, vibrant relationship with Him, and we're going to talk much more about that in a little bit. So let me ask you, what, what changes do you need to make to the way you approach your week to make these the priorities God has created them to be? Now, we've seen that God wants us to prioritize resting our body and mind, reinforcing our relationships. He also wants us to prioritize recharging our spirits. Let's go back to our passage. In verse 11, the Lord said this, In six days the Lord made the heavens, the earth, the sea, and everything in them, but on the seventh day he rested. That is why the Lord blessed the Sabbath and set it apart as holy. You know, these days you can pretty much find somewhere to charge your phone anywhere. You can go just about anywhere and find an outlet or a charging station or a USB port. It's just become a part of our lives. You can charge your phone on an airplane. You can charge your phone on a bus. I don't even know how that works, but apparently it does. And because we've recognized that it's incredibly important to stay close to our power source. Now, most people have a rhythm for this. You charge your phone at night while you're sleeping, so it's ready to go when you wake up. Would you, would you ever leave your phone running intentionally all through the night while you slept so that when you woke up, your phone was dead? <laughs> that would be bad phone management, wouldn't it? That would be bad time management. That's, that puts you in a situation you don't want to confront. But, but let me just tell you, that's what happens to us when we don't recharge our spirits through the law of Sabbath. You can fight that law, but the law is going to win. It would be foolish to leave your phone unplugged, running all night while you sleep, only have it run out of battery during the day, but we do that to ourselves each and every week when we don't take time to recharge our spirits. Many people, they take a day of rest. They take a day for relationships and recreation. They take a day for leisure, but they never recharge their spirits. They neglect their most important need, which is reconnecting with the Lord so that your spirits can be recharged and you can resume following 
him. There's a, a passage in Hebrews it tells us about the importance of connecting with the Lord in corporate worship. Hebrews 10, through 25 says, Let us go into the presence of God with sincere hearts, fully trusting him. Let us hold tightly without wavering to the hope we affirm, for God can be trusted to keep his promise. Let us think of ways to motivate one another to acts of love and good works, and let us not neglect our meeting together as some people do, but encourage one another, especially now that the day of his return is drawing near. This passage, it really addresses the question of why is corporate worship with other believers so important? That's what we're talking about, and that's a big thing that Sabbath represents, is having a weekly time to gather with God's people and recharge our spirits by worshiping him Let's talk about what happens when we do this. When we consistently worship with other believers, we encounter God's presence. That's something we all need in our lives. You're not going to find anything more fulfilling, more recharging than encountering God's presence. Verse 22 of Hebrews 10, we read earlier, let us go right into the presence of God with sincere hearts, fully trusting in him. Something special happens when Christians come together and worship. And I know that since March of 2020, it's been difficult for many people to gather and worship. I know that our church, we went about three months without having live in-person worship services. And the first time we gathered and worship, and I was there with other believers, I, I cried because there's something special that happens when Christians unite their voices, unite their hearts, enter into the presence of God and encounter him. It's special. You see, gathering with other Christians is important, but it's not enough to strengthen and sustain us. We have to have real encounters with the Lord in our lives, and those happen powerfully when we gather together and worship. When we consistently worship with other believers, we also equip ourselves spiritually. Hebrews went on to say, let us hold tightly without wavering to the hope that we affirm. You know it, I know it, life is full of storms. It's full of physical storms, relational storms, financial storms. There's storms on the horizon we haven't even begun to imagine yet, and there's never going to be a time in life when there are no storms. You're either heading into a storm, coming out of a storm, or right there in the midst of a storm. The point is not how do we avoid storms. The point is how do we survive and thrive even when the storms are coming? We have to hold tightly without wavering to this hope because that's what the storms attack. See, life is filled with all kinds of storms, but worshiping together with other Christians strengthens us and enables us to triumph over those challenges. When we consistently worship with other believers, we also encourage others. That was another point of emphasis of Hebrews. Let us think of ways to motivate one another to acts of love and good works. I know there have been times where you just need a little extra encouragement, a little pat on the back, someone to say, you can do it. Keep moving forward. God's got this. And listen, there are times when you need that and you need someone else to give it to you. There are times when someone else needs that and they need you to give it to them. That's why we gather. That's why we worship together because you never know when you're going to be worshiping and the Lord is going to put a word on your heart for the person standing in front of you, behind you, beside you, and just encourage you to put your hand on their shoulder, to encourage you to give them a, a, an extra prayer, to encourage you to give them a word of encouragement that he's speaking to you. Listen, we need to encourage others. When we consistently worship with other believers, we also express our faith in the Lord. 
This passage said, let us not neglect our meeting together as some people do, but encourage one another, especially now that the day of his return is drawing near. Someone once asked a a 90-year-old man why he continued attending worship services at his age, and his response was, I want my neighbors and the devil to know whose side I'm on. I think there's a lot of truth there. I think it's important for us to express our faith. Listen, you've not been created or shaped by God to simply be a receiver of the word, to simply be a receiver of his goodness and his grandness and his word. You have also been called to be a sharer of his goodness, his grandness, his word. It is fundamental, it is imperative that we express our faith, both when we're at a worship service with others and when we're out at a coffee shop, when we're at work, we've got to be expressing our faith to others. You see, when we attend church services, we're proclaiming to the world that Jesus is our Savior and we believe he's the future hope of the world. And by the way, parents, Fathers, mothers, I want to tell you, it is especially important to model for your children that God is the priority in their lives. I fear for our young people what they learn when their parents demonstrate that church isn't a priority, that worshiping isn't a priority, or that Sabbath is not a priority. You may think, oh, it's, 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 I need to invest in my children. I need to take them to the ballpark. I need to take them on vacations. And listen, there's nothing wrong with the ballpark. There's nothing wrong with vacations or leisure time. But when it takes the place of the Lord, when it takes the place of honoring the weekly law of Sabbath, you can fight that law, but you won't win. It's written in stone, and you're teaching your children that they can do life without Sabbath. You're teaching your children that they can do life without the Lord. One of my greatest fears as a parent is what happened already in Judges chapter 2, verse 10 to ancient Israel. The Bible says, after that whole generation had been gathered to their ancestors, another generation grew up who knew neither the Lord nor what he had done in Israel. One generation allowed their children to check out on the Lord, to check out on worship, to check out on Sabbath, to check out on the other laws that God had given to humanity. Can I just tell you, you don't want that happening in your kids. You don't want that happening in your grandkids. You want them to know that there is a God that they can turn to. One time a a teacher was asking her students what and who they loved most in life, and the kids had all kinds of answers, I'm sure you can imagine. Finally, one boy said, I love God and going to church more than anything else in life. And the teacher asked, why do you love God so much? And the boy responded, I don't know. My dad loves God. My mom loves God. My grandparents love God. I guess that loving God just runs in my family. If there is one thing you want to run in your family, it is instilling a love for the Most High God, for worshiping Him, for living for Him, for honoring Him. The Lord said in Exodus Chapter 20, verse 8, remember the Sabbath day to keep it holy. That's not what's happening in our world. You know, one of the phrases I hear or see on on social media all the time is Sunday fun day. I'm I'm all for Sundays being fun. But it's got to start with worshiping the Lord. It's got to be about honoring the Lord and honoring our family and seeing his will come to pass in our lives. We can't let anything take the place of God in our hearts. That's why Jesus said, seek the kingdom of God above all else and live righteously, and he will give you everything you need. You know, uh, the Lord spoke about 
Sabbath to Isaiah in Isaiah 58. He said this, If you keep your feet from breaking the Sabbath and from doing as you please on my holy day, if you call the Sabbath a delight and the Lord's holy day honorable, and if you honor it by not going your own way and not going as you please or speaking idle words, then you will find joy in the Lord, and I will cause you to ride on the heights of the land and the feast on the inheritance of your father, Jacob. Boy, that sounds good. I want that joy. I don't know what it looks like or feels like to ride on the heights of the land, but that's what I want. I want a feast on that inheritance of Jacob. You know what Sabbath is really all about? It's about rhythm. You know, we've talked a lot about rest in terms of physical, mental, or emotional rest, and you may be one of those people who says, I got this. I don't need to rest. I'm not tired. I'm strong enough. I'm tough enough. And listen, you may well be strong and tough, but I think you may also be missing the point. In verse 11 of our passage, Scripture references creation. For in six days the Lord made the heavens, the earth, the sea, and everything in them, but on the seventh day he rested. And don't you think the Lord is as tough as you are? Don't you think he's as strong as you are? I mean, our God is not a God who has needs that we should tend to them. We're the ones with needs, and he tends to us. The Lord did not rest because, whew, creating stuff is hard work, and he needed to sleep in on Sunday and take a break. No, the Lord rested because he was establishing proper rhythm. Why did God himself rest? Because he was establishing a weekly rhythm for life. Earlier, I mentioned this song that's been stuck in my head for over a week about I fought the law, right? Music is another place where we see rest featured. Now, your favorite song would not be your favorite song without rest, I'm telling you. Without rest, there's no room for rhythms. There's no room for melodies to distinguish themselves. It all just becomes white noise. Music doesn't have rest because the song got tired and the sheet music needed a break. Music has rest because it establishes rhythm, rhythm that can lead to greatness, rhythm that can lead to inspiration and transformation. The Lord does not want your life to become white noise. He doesn't want you to have 30, 40, 50, 60, 70 years of uninterrupted busyness. There's no joy in that. There's no power in that. And there's no rhythm to that. He wants you to find joy even after a long, hard week. He wants you to find the spiritual connection to him after a week of spiritual battle. Sabbath. It's not just about being tired and busy and needing a break. It's about resting when the sheet music calls for rest. It's about submitting to God as the band leader of all the universe. It's about being faithful to the rhythms that God himself has established. Now, in a moment, I'm going to pray for you. But before I do, I'm going to ask you to take a bold step. One of the keys to accomplishing a goal is going public, telling someone about it. Remember, Sabbath isn't just about taking a break and needing rest. You know what it's about? It's about being faithful, being faithful to the Lord as the creator, being faithful to his plan, and being faithful to his rhythm. So here's what I want you to do wherever you're watching, in the chat, in the comments. 
I want you to write the word faithful. If the Lord has spoken to you, if he's convicted you about living according to his rhythm, if he's convicted you about following his law that's written in stone, I want you to just be so bold as to write the word faithful. You know who that's for? That's for you. That's for you to go public with the Lord convicting you, telling you to take a step to become faithful in this area. That's that's going to indicate that you've heard the Holy Spirit and you want to rest your mind and your body, that you want to reinforce your relationships and that you want to recharge your spirit. Listen, you can fight the law of Sabbath, but that law is going to win. And that's because it's written in stone. Let me pray for you today. Lord Jesus, my prayer is that we will hear your Holy Spirit speak to us and recognize that this isn't just about the physical, mental, or emotional rest that we need, and we do need it. We know that that's a big part of Sabbath, but it's also about living by the rhythms you yourself established. It's about us saying we trust in your plan more than we trust in our plan. It's about us loving you, and instead of fighting against your law, trying to win, submitting to your law because you're God and we're not. And so, Lord, today, as we take in your word, we we submit ourselves to it, and we ask you to refresh us, recharge us, replenish us as we apply the law of Sabbath to our lives. Help us to rekindle that passion for you. Now, there may be some watching who there's never been a moment where you surrendered your life to Jesus. And what I want you to know is that Only once you surrender your life to Jesus will you receive the overflowing joy, abundance, peace, and comfort that come with the Holy Spirit into your lives. It's the only way to have a relationship with the Father and the only way to be with Him in heaven once you die. So if there's never been that moment, I want to invite you to pray this prayer with me. Pray, dear Lord Jesus, I ask you to forgive my sins. Today I ask you to be my Lord and my Savior. As I turn away from those sins, I commit my life to following you, even the law of Sabbath. Fill me with your presence and power. Provide a home for me in heaven when I die. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. If you were encouraged by today's message, make sure to rate us and subscribe on iTunes, Spotify, or wherever you stream your podcast. Again, thanks for listening to the Celebration Church Podcast.